today on Writers Get Animated. Origin stories. Who needs an origin story? Why do you have an origin story? Origin stories! Good day, everybody. Welcome to Writers Get Animated, a show where writers talk about animation. I'm Mackenzie Worrell. And I'm Chris Leva. And today, we're talking about origin stories in cartoon shows. In honor of the origin story of Writers Get Animated. Yes, this is our very first podcast. You did not miss anything. Never fear. If you love this one, there's not a backlog yet. You're doing good. Welcome. <laughs> in that deep baritone. Um, so today, origin stories. Um, heroes, villains, whatever. Shows in general. Let's talk about what makes a good origin story and who needs an origin story. We have a few examples picked out about some interesting ones that we found. And uh, I think there's some good stuff here. I would agree. Some okay. of my favorite stuff is in this. Some of my favorite stuff is in this as I point to this being the show. Two of your favorite stuff. Two of my favorite stuff? I don't know. Just, just like just one. a couple of my favorite Some of things. your favorite stuff. An unknown not, number of your favorite Let's not get stuff. all Julie Andrews on this. This is There are some of my favorite things in here. Okay? <laughs> just in general. So talk about origin stories... Because when you think about an origin story, what do we we think of? Automatically, we go to the hero. I go That's, to Superman. You go to Superman every time. You see, you hear origin. You go to Superman. Yeah, classic origin story. Superman. Mm-hmm. He's the origin of origin stories. Why do you say that? I mean, did, was there a word for origin story before Superman? Possibly not. I don't think so. I mean, there were origin stories, but he's like the prototypical origin story. Um, obviously, we've had origin stories since ancient Greek times. I, I mean, mean, Genesis, at least. I mean, I was going to go. Well, yeah. I know you could go older than that, but I'm just <laughs> saying, like, the origin of everything. Okay, I guess if we're, if we're going to pick hairs, Genesis is the genesis of origin stories. I mean, there are others out there. <laughs> but the, the idea behind an origin story is you get to get on the same first page as everybody else it sets up worlds you're building worlds you're building character you're figuring out what takes place in this whole thing where do people come from that way you could kind of explain what's happening why things happen in the world the way that they work mm -hmm. it's a lot like act one of your story this is these are the rules this is the way it works this is how everything is manufactured. This is why Superman is able to fly. Well, not early on. I mean, this he can jump really, really high because he's not from these parts. But in the cartoon show, he flies. Spoilers. I well, clearly, but but so what? What changes in an origin story when we know what happens already? Do mm. we need origin stories? Does everything need an origin story? I would say no. Why would you say no? I think that if you already know where someone comes from, you already know the origin story. Unless it's different in a significant way or changes the rules, I don't think that you need an origin if the general knowledge of the public is we already know the origin. So what you're saying is I don't need to know where the suit came from to have a full experience of the character. Exactly. Is it important to know that Superman is an alien? I think that Superman is a human, but that's another topic. You th 
I mean, I know he's physically an alien, but I would argue that Superman is more human than alien. We're not talking metaphorically. We're talking, <laughs> like, physically. Is it important that he is an alien? Is it important that he is from a different planet? <sighs> I think it's important that he has powers. And so if you think that it's important to explain why he has powers, yes, and it's important that he's an alien. But is his duality the important part of it, too, though? Mm. The fact that he needs a, a different identity. Because in Superman's origin, we know that Clark Kent is Superman. The Kents know Pa and Ma Kent. Um, Thank you for clarifying. Thomas and Martha. Kent? Yeah. No, it's a Jonathan. 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 Thomas is Thomas Wayne. Jonathan <laughs> is, I'm, I, oh my gosh, I feel so awful right now. Jonathan Kent and Martha Kent. There we go. Fixed it. So those two folks um, are the parents. They know who Clark is. They know what Clark is in that sense. And who else knows who and what Clark is? Not even Clark at the beginning. True. Brainiac? I, I was talking about the audience. Oh, okay. I was, I was, I was going for audience. Okay, was, so now we're going metaphorical. I was going, well, <laughs> it's not metaphorical. We're not metaphorical. I'm saying that we know. So th it's important for us to have that dramatic irony in going through. So that way we know a mystery and that colors everything that Superman or everything that Clark Kent says with an extra added layer for us. And I think that makes it intensely interesting. Every time he says something, um, probably the best line, this isn't animated, but since we're talking Superman, probably the best line of the movie, Man of Steel, is the final line of Man of Steel. I think I've repressed it. What is it? It's Lois Lane, because it's not even, but she says, she goes up to Clark, and he's started to work at the Daily Planet, and she says, welcome to the planet. Uh, it's the best line in that movie, uh, which kind of says It says a lot. very little. You say very little. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say a lot now. Okay, say um, a lot now. Go ahead. So I think what's also interesting about origin stories is what happens when they're told and told again. Like, not even just between shows, but in the same context of the same show, what happens if you tell an origin story twice? And there's, again, precedence for this. If you look at, like, if we're going back to Genesis, there are two origin stories in Genesis. Chapter 1 and Chapter 2. Thank you mm -hmm. for knowing that. Oh, I'm pleased. Um, but even in certain shows, um, Darkwing Duck, they tell the origin story twice. Well, it's a different origin story. Well, a different origin time. story. So what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to check out two different episodes of Darkwing Duck, which is not a terrible thing. Darkwing Duck, go watch it. I'm sure you've seen it. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. So we have two origin stories from Darkwing Duck. You have the typical origin story which is kind of boring um it's season three episode 10 it's called clash reunion interesting and it's it's an interesting show and then there's the the one that happens in season one episode 33 which is called the secret origins of darkwing duck which is a little bit crazier which 
makes fun of origin stories. Typical Darkwing Duck style where it just riffs on origin stories and just tears the whole trope apart, which is really meaty and interesting, which makes Clash Reunion just that much harder to watch sometimes. So watch, watch them in this order. Watch Clash Reunion first. That way it could ruin your palate. <laughs> and then you can watch The Secret Origins of Darkwing Duck Season 1. And maybe wash it down with a nice coffee bean in the middle. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Or, you know, eat some ginger. Hmm. Cleanse the palate. It'd be tasty that way. But Darkwing Duck, in if we start with Clash Reunion, we get our typical idea of, hey, let's go back in time. We have this character, Drake Mallard, which is a secret identity of Darkwing Duck. Drake Mallard. <gasps> spoilers. Oh my gosh, spoilers. I forgot to say. Spoilers. Drake Mallard is Darkwing Duck. We're just going to spoil everything. So be sure to watch all the episodes of everything we talk about. As we talk about them, pause the podcast, go watch the show, come back. Thank you. Now, Drake Mallard has gotten invited to his class reunion. And going back, he realizes that one of his biggest villains also went to his high school and is probably going to be at this reunion. So we get this flashback to... This is Drake Mallard in high school. He's a dork. He doesn't know how to do anything. And it's really, really bad. It is. It contains my least favorite plot point that you can use in anything you're writing ever, which is when a character suddenly remembers something about their past and the plot is built around that. In this case, um... Drake Mallard suddenly remembers that he went to high school with this guy who kind of looks like his arch enemy. Well, not arch enemy, but one of his biggest enemies. Yeah. Megavolt is, um, as voiced by Dan Castellaneta, um, is, is one of the, the biggest henchmen of, of Darkwing Duck. I would say he's, he's, not, he's close to Joker in terms of his status. I mean, we have Quacker Jack, who is the more Joker-esque character and characterization but in terms of arch nemesis megavolt is pretty much the guy not that we need to know that <laughs> but that's the thing but we get we get but the idea it go ahead shouldn't you your saying, origin story contain the guy i mean in the end it should okay it absolutely should um in in the end Darkwing's real other side is the character of Negaduct, who is created in season one, um, who we meet in The Secret Origins of Darkwing Duck um, in a different way that's completely different. And I think that's what's, what's interesting about the other origin story, The Secret Origins of Darkwing Duck. The first one that they do is that they make fun of the idea of an origin story. So they make fun of the fact that we go, instead of blasting to the past, we go forward in time to a time when Darkwing Duck is a myth that no one believes anymore, was a good TV show that people used to watch, and people are going to this museum, and this janitor, because of course it has to be a janitor, is cleaning up and tells these kids the story of the true origins of Darkwing Duck. And you... You know that he's lying. But what I can't figure out in this is... 
because we we know the idea that Darkwing Duck is this animated cartoon series. In the world of this show, there was a TV show called Darkwing Duck, and it was animated. In the world of the show? Yeah, because the the guy in the museum says, this is the costume from the cartoon show. And I'm like, how can you have a costume from a cartoon show? <laughs> it's either a cartoon show or it was live action. You have to make the decision. Just stop it. It's so meta. My brain just... Maybe in an animated show, their version of animation would be a live action show. Maybe that's what they meant. I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> but the fact that... You have this janitor who tells the story. We launch into this world. Um, we don't know if he's the actor who played Darkwing Duck in the TV series, Darkwing Duck, or if it is Drake Mallard himself, down on hard times, <laughs> having to become a janitor. <laughs> a thousand years in the future. A thousand years in the future. Because it looks like Drake Mallard. I it, mean, it, Yeah, I think they imply enough that it's Drake Mallard, too. Yeah, which makes no sense in any realm but anyway we start with the idea of this take on the superman myth like that's where they start darkwing duck is an alien his planet is getting destroyed and his parents are putting him in a pod to send him off and on the other side of the world is his cousin who's his father is getting in the plane because, you know, he's the villain, so you have to do it a different way. And the baby kicks the dad out of the spaceship and gets in and flies away because you have to do it that way. But it's, it's making fun of these origin stories where you get this character who is building on... He's from, he's from space. He gets tools that he needs to defeat the villain as he goes... You learn just the right things. You learn just the right tools. And in the end, those things you've learned, those tools you've collected, somehow turn into the perfect combination of everything you need to defeat the villain in the end. I do like that they keep saying, this could come in handy someday. Every time you learn something, you know it's important because they say, this could come in handy someday. But... That's the, th that's the unspoken thing that happens in every origin story. It's true. That's true. I mean, every origin story, the character gets exactly what they need to defeat the villain in the end. Well, that's what makes it an interesting story. We're not going to tell the story of when uh, Superman as a baby crashed to Earth and uh, the first living creature he met was this awesome cow wandering around near a cornfield and he met this cow and it was his first interaction with life outside of his planet and he has his own internal um, thing where he just keeps thinking that cows are the dominant life form of Earth again and again and again and again because it's not important to the story. It's not the story that they're telling. But do we have to see the crash landing? Yeah, we have to see Jonathan and Martha Kent find him. I don't think we have to see the crash. So, we're back to the Kents. I know, we're back to the let's, Kents. Let's leave the Kents. Okay, leaving the Kents. Let's go to the Kents. Let's go to my favorite. Let's hit it. I don't know about my favorite. One of my favorite origin stories. The Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> Chris is laughing. I love... They're great. I love the Powerpuff Girls. I love this show because their origin story is the theme song to every episode, and you cannot forget it, no matter how long it's been in my life, no matter... How many years between watching Powerpuff Girls? I will always know. Sugar! Spice! 
and everything nice. These are the ingredients Professor Utonium used to create the perfect little girl, except he accidentally added an extra ingredient. Chemical X. Thus the Powerpuff Girls are born. That's all you need to know. You get that. It's a play on the uh, the ancient rhyme. Not my ancient rhyme. Classic rhyme. <laughs> it's a classic rhyme. It's ancient, ancient rhyme from, from the book of Genesis. <laughs> Sugar and spice. See, we keep going back to our origin story, and apparently it's all in Genesis, if you look it up. Um, Writers Get Animated is in verse 10, chapter 2. I don't know. I'm going to have to look up what that is later. Unless they were animated. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the Powerpuff Girls, you get that origin story. It's just the classic thing. Sugar, spice, everything nice. Great little girls. Plus, they have these um, wonderful superpowers thanks to Chemical X. And in... Three episodes that I picked out that kind of return to this. And the Powerpuff Girls return again and again and again to this origin story. And so um, if you watch The Rowdy Rough Boys, Season 1, Episode 12, Twisted Sister, still makes me cry a little, Season 2, Episode 11, (laughs) and Mr. Mojo's Rising, Season 1, Episode 7. In this, they just keep kind of playing with this idea of their origin, where these little girls come from and what they are in the rowdy rough boys um well they kind of continue with the poem and they go well sugar spice and everything nice makes the perfect little girl plus chemical x so what if mojo jojo wants to create the perfect enemy for them well he's going to use snip snails and puppy dog tails and a radioactive prison toilet because it's the closest thing to chemical x and make three super powered little boys to fight the little powerpuff girls makes perfect sense in the context of the show. Well, when it goes, because the origin of the hero always tends to be the origin of the thing the hero has to fight against mm-hmm. in, a, in a lot of sense. So you're, you're not just creating the hero, you're having to create the villain. And I think in the Rowdy Rough Boys, now the perfect villain is the mirror image or the boys. You create the perfect girls, you create the perfect boys... That's that's your villain. And they're killed when the girls learn to be nice to them. Yeah, gone. Spoilers. In the next episode, uh, Twisted Sister, the girls decide that they are tired of fighting crime because it takes a lot out of their day. They just want to watch cartoons and be little girls. So they decide they're going to create the perfect little girl also. And so they try in the perfect, sweet, like exactly what you expect out of like a five or six-year-old girl to try and do to follow a recipe for baking a cake on their own. They find what they think is equivalent of sugar, spice, and everything nice. And I forget exactly what all they throw in there, but it is everything but the kitchen sink. It's like, instead of spice, it's like they go and they find like black peppercorn. Instead of sugar, they go and find, like, stevia. I don't know. And everything (laughs) nice, it's like, here's some books. Here's some boxing gloves. It's like something each of them likes in their different super sweet, super smart, and super, like, tough ways. And they create, um... Oh, what is her name? Bunny. Bunny is the name of their sister, who's this horrible, mutated cake that you left in the oven just too long with the wrong ingredients. (laughs) You did not watch America's <laughs> Test Kitchen before making it. And they get mad at her because she doesn't know what to do. She's so sweet and she keeps messing up and she thinks that the police, in a foreshadowing of modern police <laughs> American relations, um, 
she sees police with pointing guns at the criminals and fights the police thinking they're the bad guys. And the Powerpuff Girls get mad at her and she just goes off and cries and she ends up saving the day but she blows up to save them. Ah, uh, uh, heartbreaking. So we have the, the nemeses made with the opposite of little girls. A little girl's attempt to make a little girl. And of course the real origin story, Mojo Jojo. Which episode is that? That is Mr. Mojo's Rising, Season 1, Episode 7. So it's it's even earlier than the Rowdy Rough Boys. It is. It is the earliest non-theme song interpretation of the origin story. And as I recall, it's retold in the Powerpuff Girls movie later on at the end. Is it really? I think so. I think they rehash it hmm. in the same way. Maybe quicker. Um, but essentially, it's just... Again, my favorite plot device where everyone suddenly remembers that something is important. And they all suddenly remember that Mojo Jojo was there when they were created. And it was, in fact, him being a bad monkey pushed the professor into Chemical X, causing the little girls to be born and Mojo Jojo to develop his super brain powers. It was me. It was me. It was me. See, it sticks with you. I know. It does. It does. Mojo Jojo. Yeah. What do you think? What jumped out at you? What did he love? What did he hate? I don't know. I think as as far as the Powerpuff Girls, their their episodes are so short. Um, yes. That really they just have to give you that origin story really quick just to get you going. And mm-hmm. I think hearing it, it just becomes. You're right. It does become this thing that just gets in your head. You just know the story, you know and that's it. all you need to know. And you get the personality of them, and you get the theme song, and you go with it. And that's all you need for the Powerpuff Girls to go. You don't need anything extra mythology. There's no, here's their, they have secret identities. Here's this. No, they are, they were created. This is it. This is it. That's all that they're about. And then they go and they kick some butt. Lots of butt. Lots of butt. Lots of bloody, toothless butt. And and that's all you need to know. It's not complicated. And I think that's part of what makes them so much fun. And that's why you could do a little bit more during the episodes. Because you don't have a lot of complicated character. It's very simple. And them being young girls also makes it simple in that sense. But then you get something like Batman. Mm, Batman. Which is complicated. Batman is complicated. But what's interesting, when they did Batman the Animated Series, and this is something that we we brought up and we started thinking about origin stories in their show Bible, they said, we will not do origin stories. There will be no origin stories. Which is a very bold thing to do with a, a Batman TV series. Mm-hmm. We th- they thought Batman is so well known that we all know it just because we live in our culture we know that batman is batman so we don't need an origin story for batman the exact quote that i pulled out was that's been done to death in the comics and it's not the batman series we're doing today today of course being 25 years ago blows my mind and how many batman origin stories have we had since batman the animated tv series well Batman Begins, mm-hmm. like three other animated Batman TV shows, but three did, other animated movies. Did they do origin stories, though? I, I know think we they did, did. I know we did Batman Year One was the 
was animated. Yeah. Mm. Which wasn't terrible. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. I kind of gave up on those movies. It was a... The thing about Batman Year One, that, that animated movie, was it followed the comic, which isn't bad by, by any means, but... Um, it it was more about Jim Gordon than Batman. Who is fascinating in his own right and oh, I think deserves his own origin story. That that was the origin of Jim Gordon. Batman Year One. If you if you want to check that out, Batman Year One, don't expect a um don't expect a Batman origin story. Expect Jim Gordon origin story. It's it's really great in that sense. Um, it was Brian Cranston as Jim Gordon, as Jim Gordon. Okay. I'm sold. I'll watch it. And it, uh, the scene with him and Bullock. Oh my gosh. It's a, it's an, um, it's a revelation. Okay. It's a revelation, but that's not what we were talking about. No, but no, no. I mean, we are talking about origin stories in yeah. Batman. That's an origin story of Jim Gordon. And that's almost the origin story of a relationship between Batman and Jim Gordon in that sense. And that's an origin story that changes the rules. Here's something else important you need to know. Even though you know this origin story, you really don't. It's like wicked. Here's a different version of something you already know. Right. That I'd be interested in. When we initially talked about this topic, um, you picked Darkwing Duck and I picked the Powerpuff Girls. And what I thought was interesting about that was that they're both characters that were new at that time in those series. Nobody knew the origin. Nobody knew. They needed to have an origin. And they both addressed that at various points. In uh, the 90s Batman show, everyone knew Batman. Everyone had just seen Tim Burton's Batman. Well, yeah, everyone had just seen Tim Burton's Batman. And was it before the second Batman movie? It was before the second Batman Before movie. the second Batman. Because um, they they used the theme music from Tim Burton's movie. That's true. So it, was, it wasn't really continuing, but it was kind of continuing. Mm-hmm. But we all... It, it was playing with it and saying, look, this is Batman. Here's the same theme music. Danny Elfman... He wrote it. Here you go. Danny Elfman music. It's the same thing. We get it. You know, and and going from there. And what's interesting about the story of it is, and, and you, you figure this out too, is that they didn't come up with, it's not a Joker in the very first episode that they used. Um, what's the name of that? The first episode? Um, on Leather Wings. On Leather Wings. Season one, episode one, if you didn't figure it out. <laughs> but it, it plays with the myth. The The villain that you get is Man Bat. Man Bat. Not Batman. Man Bat. Which... Not uh, even one of the big villains. It's not not a, even in Gotham High. You're right. He's nowhere, <laughs> nowhere to be found in Gotham High. Which... Spoilers for later. But, <laughs> but what's, what's interesting about... Man bat. And thinking about this as a writer. So thinking about this as a writer, when you're starting off, you cannot start the Batman story with Joker. You save Joker for episode two, because that's what they did. (laughs) They did. (laughs) A Christmas special episode two. Which is complicated in its own right. But you can't really give the Joker immediately, because the Joker is what you 
um, hope to be for the very, very end. So you're building up to the Joker. So what you have to start in this first episode is world building. Mm -hmm. So in this world, what do you have to set up for Batman? You have to set up his relationship with the police. Mm -hmm. Which is not good in this first episode. You have to set up the relationship between the, the duality of Bruce Wayne versus Batman. And this was, as I recall, the very first time Bruce Wayne and Batman had different voices. Yes. They conceive that on this cartoon show, and they introduce it in episode one. And Kevin Conroy does a great job completely, distingu completely distinguishing when he's Bruce Wayne and when he's Batman. And it, it just slides in so well. You can tell that, in that sense, Bruce Wayne is a total act. You can tell that Bruce Wayne is the thing that Batman's putting on this persona to be. Mm -hmm. um, but you set up duality, and the way to set up duality is this mirroring of Batman and Man-Bat. And this idea of this mythological thing this monster that the police assume is Batman. Mm -hmm. It's just... It, For good reason. Because he's well, a man-bat. Right. He is a man-bat. <clears throat> and it's what's, what's interesting about it is that it's all about setting up duality. That's all that they're doing in this first episode. Mm -hmm. not, not a lot happens. You learn that Batman is a detective. You learn about him with the police. But it's all about setting up this concept of duality. And challenging perceptions. Which is true. Because they talk about how the police are after him. They don't really give a good reason why. So at this point, if you have no idea who Batman is, he could have done some bad stuff. But another great thing about this episode, um, and another why I like a lot of the Marvel Universe as well in the cinema, um, two times in the first episode, Batman saves an enemy he's fighting against. He saves a random SWAT guy who's after him from a building that blows up. And he saves Man-Bat from being taken by the police. And doesn't even put him in prison, just takes him back to um, his fellow scientist friends. And says, I think he's cured now. Here you go. I won't tell anyone. Two times, save someone who isn't a bad guy, but is trying to hurt Batman. <laughs> I love it. No, I th I think it's terrific, but it's it, it's interesting because it's not the origin story. Mm -hmm. It's as if he's a new character, and we need to know. It's like an outline of things we need to know about Batman. Duality. He saves people. People don't like him. Especially the police. Especially the police. Especially Bullock. Right, and we learn we learn as much about Gotham. And the rules of Gotham and who's in charge of of Gotham as much as we learn about Batman. Uh, because it opens with a blimp. I love it. it what does. if the show opens with a blimp? More shows need to open with blimps. You learn about all the technology of the city because it opens with a blimp. That's all that you need to know. There's a blimp and the police own it and they're patrolling the city. There's Gotham. <laughs> there is There is Gotham. So what have we learned? What makes a good origin story? Well, if you go by the rules, you don't tell it. Yes. You don't tell it. You don't give it. You make sure that your origin story 
gives you the rules of the w- world that yeah. you're in. You are making a contract with your audience and saying, hey, audience, here's the contract, to put it bluntly. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> here's what we're talking about. Here are the relationships that we're going to be following. Here are the themes you need to know. Chew on that, and we're going to get going. And just give us what we need to know. Make it fast. But also, I would say, keep it in character. The one thing that I think Clash Reunion loses in in Darkwing Duck is that it feels out of character with the show. It It doesn't feel like an episode of Darkwing Duck. Somehow it feels like it it lies to us in terms of tone and theme. But the secret origins of Darkwing Duck is completely in there. Of course we would get an origin story that's completely with an unreliable narrator and with just jokes and making things up and we wouldn't actually get the real origin story because that's not what Darkwing is. Darkwing is sarcastic and rude and full of himself and gives us this huge origin. So just be true to the tone. Mm -hmm. And Powerpuff Girls always returning to that as well. Yeah, I think good origins definitely play with what we conceive of as an origin story a little bit, just enough to keep us interested. Mm -hmm. So rules, character, theme, give it all to us. Let us chew on it. It's not always about the plot and what happened. And it's not always about the why. It's not always about the why, and it's not always about the what in terms of um, he has pointy ears because they're, <laughs> you know, they play ra- north. Yeah. It's like he, he listens to people, so he needs big ears. <laughs> it's, it, we don't always need. We don't need to backwards engineer the origin story. We don't need to know every detail. Exactly. Origin stories are not about details. They're about the world. I think that's a good place. I think that's a good place, too. All right, so homework time. Homework time? What's homework time? For next time, we're going to be talking about what's new in 2015. So any new shows, come with it. Watch some episodes. See what's coming out. Do some Google searching. Figure out what new animated shows are coming in 2015. That's what we're talking about next time. And by coming 2015, we mean the 11 months prior to this this year. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us on Writers Get Animated. Thank you to our engineer, Nigel Cotino, and Jacob Reed for our music. Catch us on the web and Twitter at WG Animated. Writers Get Animated.tumblr.com. Also on Facebook. You can find us there too. All the places. It's the internet. Look for us. I'm going to go look for us right now on the internet. Are you? No. Yes. Great. Well, we'll see you next time. (laughs) Say it, Ken. That's all, folks. Good night, everybody.